From Olympic City and the home of Pikes Peak, this is the Automotive ADHD Show. And here we are rocking it on the Automotive ADHD Show. It's right here on 91.7 KLZR, voice of the Wet Mountain Valley. My name is Matt West. I am here to talk cars on a Saturday morning. And of course, you have tuned into the correct car show. And now this show today is a special edition because I have a guest joining me. We're going to get straight to him. My guest is a former mechanic turned entrepreneur and tech CEO. He escaped communism in the Soviet Union at a young age by coming to the U.S. where he has spent years working in the automotive industry. Now his work has been featured on television and now he is on my humble radio show to talk about his latest endeavor, the free Parts Pass app. Stan Merzayev, welcome to Automotive ADHD. Quite the intro. Thank you, Matt. I appreciate your time and being here. Absolutely. I love having you here. We've got a lot to talk about aside from our shared passion for cars. Stan, real quick, before we talk about the Parts Pass app and some of the things that you're working on, give me some of your backstory. Where do you come from and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for giving me the platform to talk about my past. Uh, talk about an emotional roller coaster, not for myself, but for my parents, especially. Like you mentioned, we escaped communism when the Soviet Union fell apart, started falling apart in 1987, I would say, slowly but surely. But my parents managed to leave and never look back in 1990. My parents didn't know a word of English, but they knew that they wanted to set up their kids to have a successful life moving forward. So with the clothes on their back and just a couple of suitcases, they set sail to America. Keep in mind that my father was a pretty well-established entrepreneur himself early on. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to take any of the proceeds with him to the States. So with the clothing on their back and a couple luggages and just $400 in his pocket, my mom and my dad and my sister and I made it to the U.S. And it's been an incredible ride thus far. Wow. Wow. That and I imagine so you spent a lot of uh, a lot of your life, though, growing up here in the United States, of course, um, but with those family ties and, you know, kind of going back to that and coming from that, too. You know, it's uh, that's one of the great things I love about the United States. You know, you can you can come from anywhere and and make a, a living for yourself here and do really cool stuff. Um, so how how has that led into what's some of the stuff that you've done you know, leading up to working in the automotive industry and now, of course, becoming a uh, tech CEO. Yeah, my father went straight into the workforce because he had to be a provider. Uh, talk about selflessness, right? My dad put his own personal feelings aside and know, knowing that he had to go out there and provide for his family. He found himself in the automotive industry working at a taxi cab in Brooklyn, New York. So we immigrated straight to New York City, Queens, New York, to be exact. And my father found a job working late nights at the local taxi garage, which he was getting paid pennies on the dollar because unfortunately, people take advantage of people when they see them in need. So uh, the first shop that he worked at, I mean, he was being paid probably about $33 a day. And at the time, you can't really make anything out of it, let's be honest here. But through, through his experiences, he knew that he had to set himself up and he wanted to own his own business. It took him about six years to bring in the funds, uh, save enough and start his own little garage in Queens, New York. Uh, my mother raised the kids and went to school as well. So she got to experience 
um, the academics that the U.S. offers. And she was very much a scholar. So for her, education was the North Star. So for her, everything rotated around making sure that her kids got a good education. Whereas my father just went into the workforce. Um, through high school, actually, my father and I started working together. I was very resistant in working at the family business just because it was dirty. It was loud. It was just gruesome, especially when you have those weather conditions that just make it very unbearable at certain times. But I knew that I wanted to be close to my dad. I knew that I wanted to be side by side with him because I knew that he put his life aside to make it for his kids. And through high school, I gained an appreciation for the automotive industry um, and never looked back. I mean, I've, I've dabbled in different industries as well, thinking about what else I can do. Uh, but the automotive industry has always been uh, very near and dear to me. Wow. Wow. That is fantastic. And that's kind of that's a great way to get into it as well. So so coming from coming from, you know, working at your, your dad's shop, working at the family business, how are you, you know, how did you transition from that to becoming a tech CEO, starting up, uh, you know, a, a great parts app? And you were telling me um, off air too last time we chatted about some other stuff that you've done even before this app. How did you make that transition? Yeah, so working side by side with my father, I got to see firsthand the struggles that he would have to go through, specifically when it came to searching uh, replacement parts. Um, so about six years ago, I kind of started putting a business plan together of how would I solve this issue. And at the time, um, mobile apps were just growing and growing very quickly. So we kind of had that going for us. We didn't have to reinvent the wheel. So um, I got to, I got I got together with a uh, uh, software developer, and I said, "Here's the issue that mechanics are facing. Let's put the numbers together and see how much time is actually wasted." procuring parts at a small to medium size auto repair shop. And we did the calculations and it was over $45,000 a year that I would just spend behind the table calling multiple suppliers to find out who has the part, how much does it cost, uh, what, the, what, what the warranty is, and of course the availability, right? Wow. So it was just, it was a huge bottleneck. It was a huge uh, problem that I knew that I can create a solution around. So we started kind of putting the plan together and Parts Detect was born. And it's about six years now. And what Parts Detect did is that we teamed up with national parts suppliers, the brick and mortars, the uh, local parts suppliers, the auto zones for, of the world, for example. And we have five different suppliers that believe in our mission, believe in the value that we bring them and the value that we bring the installers, the mechanic shops, because we actually drive traffic to our suppliers and we also alleviate a lot of that bottleneck for our end users who are the mechanics. And my team and I found success early on there. And slowly but surely, we started really growing uh, Parts Detect. And early 2022, last year, a light bulb went off and I started thinking about the do-it-yourselfers, the opportunity right. that, that we have there that we're not just tapping into, right? Because I would go to these local part suppliers and kind of stand on the sideline and watch that interaction that a customer would go through with that part suppliers. And it was just really upsetting, honestly, because there's so many different variables that, that you can't control. You have to know the lingo. You have to know the card that you're working on. Um, you have to wait to be called on. You have to connect with somebody on the other end. And if they're having a bad day, they kind of they just put that on you, right? Um, so an, a bulb went off and I said, we need to create a simple way for the everyday person, the average uh, 
do-it-yourselfer, an opportunity to use an app that is just cutting edge. We provide them value by giving them quality parts at severe discounts, wholesale pricing, and we give it to them. Uh, we deliver actually within 48 hours. Wow. That's really cool. You know, that's, uh, you know, for, for me, I'm definitely in that, that uh, kind of DIYer category, you know, and I've, I've taken that to the top of being as much of a hobby as I can, but I, I've run into a lot of those same, same issues. You know, a lot of times you go to whatever local parts store it is and they might have a thermostat for, you know, a small block Chevy, a 350, but it depends if you got something else a little weirder, a little different, they go, well, that's on, that's on back order. Well, we got to, we got to get one shipped and it's comes from, you know, wherever it's probably going to be a week or so. And, you know, I've had even less luck, honestly, um, at the, uh, the car dealerships too. You know, a lot of the things I work on and a lot of things my listeners work on are a little too old for that. You know, they're, they're new enough that you can still find parts, but the, the dealership, you go there and they kind of just look at you funny when you ask for whatever part it is that you need. Um, so, and I can see all the, there's tons of logistical work that goes into making uh, an app like this work. Obviously, you, you have that network from your, your parts detect uh, you know, app. You've got all the distributors. But tell me about what it takes to, to set this up. How do you actually become you know, direct to consumer with this? Yeah, that's that's the challenge of its own. So we kind of put together a persona of the individuals that we're targeting. Um, so we create a, a customer persona and that's one side of it. But the completely opposite of things is the back end infrastructure. And that's the hardest part, right? There's so many different vehicles and so many moving parts and so many SKU numbers. We wanted to make sure that we, again, um, have enough inventory that we can procure that process of ordering parts that we can simplify that ordering process by um, alleviating that search process of the of the car itself. So what we did is we took artificial intelligence, and this is one of the ways that a, that a user can um, select the vehicle. The artificial intelligence is pretty neat. It allows a user to take a picture of the back of their car or even the front of their car. And using the dimensions of the vehicle, that AI will help decode that vehicle. So it'll figure out the make and model. Um, another option that we just launched actually last week is that a uh, user can select from a traditional dropdown, so you can go into it. You can select year, make, model, engine size. Uh, so we're giving options to uh, start the process of looking for car parts. Um, and also what separates us is that we have all quality name brand parts. Um, all of our suppliers are either um, in Europe or the brands, I, I should say, European uh, parts, Japanese parts, very few, if any, actual Chinese-based parts. Uh, we have 27 distribution sites throughout the country, making sure that we can get those parts to our customers very quickly. We have over 2 million SKU numbers in stock, making sure that we have the inventory to actually fulfill those orders. And we have an incredible app that is completely free to use as well. That's fantastic. And uh, I was playing around with the app a little bit before the show here. I, I downloaded it and I was poking around with it. And um, I, I was I was amazed, too, that right when you take a picture of the back of your car, it picks up the license plate immediately, which I thought was really cool. And uh, obviously, I assume from the license plate, you're able to to get the VIN and everything there and, you know, and, and figure out exactly what you need for your car. And I see that being useful, too, for, you know, not the not just the hobbyist DIYer, but obviously for the uh, just the car owner, perhaps someone who's, you know, not not familiar with this world of, you know, working on cars as a mechanic or a hobbyist, 
uh, but just wants to keep their their car, you know, on the road. You know, money's a little tighter these days and, you know, they might be more willing to take up something themselves. I mean, something like your app is a great way for them to find what they need. It kind of goes back to what you were saying about going to, you know, the part stores. You got to kind of know what the part is. You got to know what to tell the guy at the counter. You got to hope that he actually knows what part you're talking about, too, to be able to look it up correctly. So I, I see a lot of value in that. Um, and, uh, I think it's definitely going to be good for, again, anyone hobbyists to, uh, to your, just your average owner. Yeah. What we're seeing is more and more people are holding on to their vehicles. Uh, for example, the average vehicle that's on the road now is just over 13 years old with 130,000 miles. Um, uh, and what COVID taught us is that you can't really rely on new vehicles. What we are seeing also statistically showing that new car purchases are decreasing uh, leases are decreasing as well. So people are really holding on to their cars. And with a platform like YouTube, you really get that really cool detailed tutorial of how to do certain things, certain repairs, certain maintenances that you can kind of do on your own. Um, so that kind of circles back to the do-it-yourselfer, right? So the, the do-it-yourselfer industry, the market itself is growing on an annual basis. But what's interesting is now we have a new category that's growing as well, and it's called the do it for me. So people are also going out there sourcing the parts themselves and having a local repair shop or even a mobile mechanic install that part for them. And the value there is that you know you're getting a quality part from our uh, from our supply chain um, that a an installer can install without having any kind of modifications done to it. Because uh, a lot of these Chinese-based companies is that they take a model, a molding, and re replicate it, but you can't really trust them because the fact is uh, the fitment is not always there. Or the uh, temperature, for example, just like you said, the thermostat is not precise. So we focus on quality name brand parts. For sure, for sure. That, and that's always good to focus on, you know. I think... Uh you know, in, in my personal experience, I've had uh, I've, I've had issues personally with uh, Chinese parts that came from, you know, name brand local auto parts stores, too, is the thing. You know, I mean, the the stuff you're getting off at the counter, you know, at an auto parts store. Uh, in fact, I would argue in some ways, you know, less about that part, less about the quality of it. Where did it come from? Does it actually, you know, the, you get the little tag meets OE specifications, but does it really? And so I think being able to do what you're doing, being direct to consumer, coming from the supplier, a lot of times these are the suppliers as well who supply the OEMs, you know, supply the manufacturer. Um, you know, having that, I think, is 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 definitely a benefit. You know, I've had personally issues with um, CV shafts, for instance, um, CV axles and, yeah. and things like that that came from uh, Chinese suppliers that I bought at reputable stores of all things. Um, so I think that's really good. Now, again, my, my guest is Stan Merzaev, the founder of the free Parts Pass app. Of course, you can find it on the Apple App Store. You can also follow Stan on his Instagram at Stan underscore founder. Now, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be back right here with more from Stan in just a minute. At the Speed Council, getting things done fast is our priority. We do everything fast from driving... <laughs> Working, sleeping, and eating. Someone help, he's choking! This is Tim. Hello. And by the time this ad is over, he'll have bicycled across the earth 69 times. Nice. Even if our name sounds unfamiliar, you know our work. F1? Pfft, child's play. The world's first supersonic jet? Yep, that was us. Apollo 11? Also us. The fastest animal in the sea? Hell, we even wrote the Wikipedia article. Fast. 
and we're so dedicated to speed that we've genetically engineered the world's first hyperspeed speed machine. With this scientific breakthrough, you can interact with and download your favorite automotive podcast a whole day early. How's that for fast? Learn more at facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. This message approved by the Speed Council and the Church of Fast Things. All right, here we are rocking it for the second half of the Automotive ADHD show right here on 91.7 KLZR. Remember to send your car sounds in. You know how this works. If you listen to the show a lot, you know that I like playing uh, listener car sounds right here on the radio. It brings me great joy, of course, and uh, you can send in your car sounds, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. Tell your friends, hey, my car is on the radio. Listen to this radio show. You'll hear my car on there. It's always a lot of fun. Now, I want to get back to my guest. Now, how does this also help? You talked about how this kind of tied into, you know, the do it for me type of crowd. How does this tie into the small business owner, uh, the independent mechanic, the, you know, mobile technician? Uh, How is this useful for them on a more professional level? Yeah, absolutely. So there's a, it's a really good question. There's over 335 registered automotive facilities, 335,000, I should say, 335,000 repair shops across the country. And those are big spot, big, big box brands, uh, enterprise level repair shops as well. Uh, but what's interesting is that the small independent garages that are off the highway somewhere, and they're not close to any parts suppliers, they really have to drive maybe an hour and a half, two hours out of their way to go to the local parts suppliers. And it's not guaranteed that they have that part there as well. So using our platform, again, um, you can be a do-it-yourself or you can even be a business owner. So we've seen an influx in downloads and transactions from small, really small, like under two garages, um, independent shop owners, quote-unquote mom and pops, uh, who also like the process of being able to uh, order a part directly from your phone and have it shipped same day and delivered within 48 hours. So there's something really valuable there because, again, the value of the part, uh, the price point, and that shipping, we can get it into the most rural areas or along the coastline as well. Right, right. That's really cool. Being able to have that reach, you know, that's uh, that's something that you can't necessarily get with a traditional brick-and-mortar parts supplier and things like that. Um, and I think that's really, really utilizing the infrastructure we have now with uh, the Internet and communications and and things like that, you know, and being able to find stuff that is higher quality, that that is, you know, from reputable suppliers as opposed to going on eBay. I mean, I, I've had a terrible experience with eBay parts personally, but that's yeah, it. Yeah. Now, you, you've spent years working in the automotive industry. And how have you seen things change? How have you seen things change with technology, be it in-car technology versus also maintaining said cars, but also on the, the manufacturer side of things. Yeah, I've seen I've seen quite the change uh, over the past, let's say, 10 years or so. So people are, within the five years, I would say people are getting a little bit more uh, hesitant on just handing the keys over and having somebody go through their car and say, you need A, B, C, D, E, F, G, here's the price ticket for you. So people are getting a little bit smarter and they're shopping around and shopping for specific parts. Um, and they'll do that right in front of me, right? So I, I encourage it. And if that's something that they want to do, I'm perfectly okay with it, especially if I can't uh, price match. It's one of those things that I said, okay, absolutely. If, if, if you can bring the part, I'll just charge it for labor. So it's 100% profit for us, right? Um, people are also bringing their own oil and their filters and um, 
brake pads and brake rotors. So that kind of has shifted, and that's including in that uh, do-it-for-me scenario that I've spoke about earlier. Uh, you know, electric vehicles have a huge presence. Uh, unfortunately, we don't work on them. You have to be a specific kind of uh, mechanic or uh, have specific machines and computers to diagnose and repair certain vehicles. Um, so I think people are going to be a little bit more inclined with diagnostic machines and computers because uh, you can see quite quite an extensive um, catalog on Amazon or eBay where you can you can buy a computer and reset certain lights or diagnose your own vehicle. Uh, so people are kind of diagnosing, repairing, and every now and then they'll call in for advice. And, you know, being a neighborhood shop, I promote that. I encourage it. I want to help people that are in the community because it gives me an opportunity to connect, gives me an opportunity to give a first impression that we're here to help. And it also gives me an opportunity to service their vehicle down the line. If it's something that they need help with, then they can know they can they they know that they can rely on me and my services to uh, provide them and, and make sure that their vehicle is safe on the road. Absolutely. And that's one thing I think, you know, mechanics, you know, you you find sometimes with smaller independent shops, you know, you find guys who've been the they've been the family mechanic, right? You know, mom and dad got their car you know, serviced there years ago and now the kids are driving and well, now he's working on the kid's car too. And maybe they have kids one day and they, they you have these kind of, you know, when you build relationships like that, obviously, and from a business standpoint, that's good as well. But, you know, you create these, uh, you know, sometimes lifelong relationships with customers who trust you as a mechanic and obviously having something like being able to find the right parts, being able to do the right thing as well and saying, well, you, you could buy that part off of eBay but this one, you might you might want to look at this because this is better quality or I've used that before. It doesn't work and so on. Um, now, a lot of things obviously do change fast in the auto industry, while some other things stay the same. But where, where do you see where do you see the auto industry um, in five years now, in 10 years, especially since we do have more EVs on the market? Cars are more complicated to work on than perhaps they have ever been. Yeah, I think over the next five years, you will see a lot more EVs on the road with the infrastructure bill that the Biden administration passed. You're going to see quite a bit of, of those superchargers and chargers in general across the country um, being built. I think over the next five to 10 years, uh, I think Tesla will break ground in what they hope to achieve, which is allowing the self-driving vehicles. If you're an, uh, a vehicle owner yourself, uh, specifically Tesla, you can drive to work and then um, launch your vehicle to go and work for for you in, in a nutshell, um, and then pick you up when it's when it's time to go home. So in a, that way, you're you have a business of a, of your own, and I think that that fleet of having Teslas is going to grow exponentially, which will then reflect the subscription based model for uh, self driving vehicles. So I believe that somewhere along the lines of for for example, $400, you get x amount of miles, and you can hail down um, uh, a vehicle at your discretion and takes you wherever you need to go. But that also um, is fine and dandy and all good. But remember, people want their independence, people want to have their own flexibility of just jumping in their car and driving to work or to the yoga studio and having their yoga mat in the back or their basketball and, you know, or baseball bat, whatever it may be, whatever sport they're into, they want to have the flexibility of having their own vehicles. So I believe that that subscription model is going to is is definitely coming. But I think it's going to have an impact in the coasts, um, big cities specifically, where there's a lot of traffic, there's a lot of congestion. 
But in the rural parts of America, I think it's more the Wild West at this point, because at the end of the day, people want to have their own vehicles. Right, right. I definitely I agree with that one for sure, because um, I think, you know, and, and I've been in a lot more rural parts of the state where I'm in here, here in Colorado, and I, I've seen a lot more hesitance uh, when it comes to, you know, not just the, not just electric cars, but but newer cars in general. You know, a lot of folks in those in those uh, demographics, they want to buy a car and want to keep it for 10, but maybe 15 years and they want to keep it around. And, you know, I think uh, your app can definitely play a role into doing so, but also, you know, perhaps even finding some more of the uh, more specific parts when you do, you know, have these modern cars, uh, you know, they have they have a lot more specific needs when it comes to uh, maintenance. You know, they may not need maintenance as often, but when they do, a lot of times you're going to need something uh, specific. And is that a role that your app can fill? Absolutely. Uh, the The larger the automotive industry goes, the larger the catalog grows. So as it continues to grow on a daily basis, our catalogs continue to grow as well, giving the user an opportunity to work on just about anything. And as we continue to evolve as a company, um, we want to expand on the catalogs as well. So uh, for those specialty vehicles that are just hard to come by, um, we would really want to expand our catalogs to work with other suppliers that have a smaller presence, for example, but have uh, the parts that, that somebody on the other, uh, other side of the country might need. So as we continue to grow, our catalogs will grow as well. Awesome. Yeah. And where do you see, where do you, speaking of growth, where, where do you see the app going? What are some goals that you have with it, stuff that you want to put in in the future? Yeah, as, as there's so many moving parts, and I think that every industry can, can benefit from software. Uh, specifically speaking, we want to go into the heavy-duty, light-duty vehicles um, and tractor-trailers for farming equipment, uh, motorcycles as well, ATVs, boats, anything that has components, moving parts, anything that has SKU numbers. Uh, and with AI, I think that we'll have a great opportunity to bring value for people that are working on their own vehicles, on their boats, ATVs, tractor-trailers, specifically for farmers, and those um, heavy-duty uh, haulers that go across the country. Fantastic. I think that's it's going to be really cool. It's going to be really exciting to uh, also just follow along and kind of see see where where you grow with this and what other industries you can break into with it, obviously. And also, like I said, I downloaded it. So next time I'm looking for a uh, ignition coil for my S2000, I'm probably going to start there, you know, and, you know, because it's it's nice being able to find something quick. That's really handy. You know, one thing that I find frustrating is, you know, looking between different parts, uh, websites, looking, you're talking about those SKU numbers, you know, a lot of times I'll look up one of the SKUs, I'll pull it, I'll copy it and I'll paste it into, you know, Amazon. I'll see, well, can I get it cheaper there? These guys are asking, you know, $200 for an ignition coil. Can I get it here? Well, is that going to be OEM? I think, you know, the, the power of what you have too, is it, you know, it's not just an app, but it's that whole backend. It's that, that direct to consumer uh, model where you can find that stuff. It's easy to find. It's at a good price. It's at probably the best price when I was scrolling through there. I saw some really competitive prices compared to even what I'm used to paying for some stuff. Uh, and I, I could be kind of, you know, for me, stingy with parts. You know, I can, I, you know, I go to wherever I can to find them as cheap as I can sometimes. And, you know, that is occasionally gone to, to bite me a little bit. But I think what you have is really powerful. That's fantastic. Yeah. And on average, I think um, when we did the comps, anywhere from 20 to 35 percent less. Now, don't quote me on that, but that's kind of what I've seen over the past couple of weeks that I've 
monitor the transactions that are going through. And it's great to see more and more people downloading and adding their vehicles. And you can add multiple vehicles and kind of have a garage for yourself so you can go back and forth between multiple vehicles. Um, and again, our goal is to you know make this as uh, customer-friendly as possible. Uh, so every week or so, every couple of weeks, we're launching new features. We have quite the list of features that we want to uh, that we're working on, but uh, you know we're we're relatively a small team, and we wanted to get it out there just so people can start using it, uh, giving us some sort of feedback, and uh, just to grow with us as well. Because again, we're here to um, to work alongside our users and uh, provide any feedback. I'm always uh, checking my emails, and you can send me send me an email directly from our uh, website. That's fantastic. Again, I really love what you're doing. Again, my get my guest is Stan. Merzaya, founder and CEO of the Parts Pass app. You can download the app on the uh, App Store. And again, you can also follow Stan. Give him a follow on Instagram, uh, Stan underscore founder. Stan, I really want to thank you for joining me on the Automotive ADHD show. Really a pleasure having you. Absolutely. Thanks for the time, Matt. And uh, you've done an incredible job. Again, a big thank you to Stan Merzaev for joining me here on the show. And of course, a thank you to you for tuning into this week's edition of the Automotive ADHD Show. It is heard right here, 91.7 KLZR, Voice of the Wet Mountain Valley. I do want to thank as well everyone who makes this show a possibility. Sandy, Gary, everybody here at the radio station who keeps the lights on, keeps it running. Thank you. And uh, also a reminder that you can find this show wherever fine shows and this one are downloaded as podcasts. Uh, you can also find it on video now. Yes, we are in living color, technicolor. Uh, the show can be found on YouTube as well as Rumble and at the Facebook page, facebook.com slash automotive ADHD. I'll see you right here, same time, same place next week when uh, there's a pretty good chance we're going to be talking more cars. I think that's what this is about.